Turn in your Bibles, if you uh, would, to Philippians 4, 6. I want to encourage you to, uh, as Pastor Scarlett already announced, uh, make it a point, and those of you that are watching, if you're anywhere within driving distance, boating distance, you could almost get here by boat, almost. And uh, helicopter distance, private jet, whatever you have, and uh, get here for the night of music and uh, refreshment and fellowship time after. We always have a fun time, and uh, the church will be decorated for Christmas, and we always end with uh, communion and silent night uh, with our little candle flickers. They're like miniature flashlights, but they look like candles. I, I really like the, the, the candles better, but the problem with those is they can actually drip wax on the pews and on the floor and on your clothes, and you can catch yourself on fire. Um, my friend Jesse Rich was hosting a partner banquet for his ministry. It was an annual thing. I don't know if they continue to do it, but uh, up in, in, in New England and in Hartford and they were at the Marriott and they had a beautiful, you know, ballroom set and uh, music going and flowers and candles and Christmas theme. And, and this uh, woman was very nicely dressed, he said, and they were pretty well-to-do folks. And she had her hair in a beautiful bouffant with a lot of hairspray on it. Think about what that could do with fire. So she was getting her plate and she leaned over a little too far into the candle and they heard it go woof and her head was on fire. Well, so Jesse's brother being resourceful grabbed a pitcher of ice water and dumped it on top of her head to put the fire out. Needless to say, she did not have a good time. And all the faith and prayer went to, Lord, don't let them sue us, you know. Don't let them sue us. Amen. So we we use uh, battery powered. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's a lot safer than catching your hair on fire. A lot of, usually when there's Pentecostal people around, there's hairspray. A lot of hairspray. Praise God. Philippians 4 and uh, verse 6. Anyway, you can just see I'm happy today in Jesus. And what a wonderful thing to have freedom to worship. Amen. If we want to sing, we sing. Or if we want to speak in tongues, we do that. If we want to run the aisles... That's fine, whatever. Amen? Um, Philippians 4, 6. Uh, this is the theme today of our message about casting our care on the Lord. And um, I used to say, boy, if you want to blow a church up, try to take, you can take away their cigarettes and their alcohol and everything else, but if you take their worries away, they're liable to lynch you. Because uh, 
sometimes people actually enjoy uh, the chaos uh, 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 and strife of life. And um, you know it's not God's will that we live like that. The world is full of anxiety. And apparently the Holy Spirit knew this to inspire this writing. Amen. Uh, that we're not to have anxiety. So let's read this first uh, verse here and then we'll make some more remarks. Be careful for nothing. For what? Nothing. Be careful for nothing. How many times have have you, um, and I know it's a figure of speech, you don't want to get like legalistic, you know, the confession monitor, but how many times have you, uh, have you been told by somebody you're going to travel and go on a trip and they say, y'all be careful now. Well, I know what that means. That means exercise caution, you know, as you're driving, you know, pay attention to the other drivers who are all insane. Um, you know, uh, or somebody says, take care. And I want to always say real word of faith, like, you know, judgmental. I want to say we don't take care. We cast ours on the Lord, but I know what they mean. And it's, you know, maybe just in the intention of it, it's not, it's, it's not bad or wrong, but uh, really it'd be better if we, di- if we didn't say take care or be careful. Uh, you might want to say, uh, be safe or something like that, but we know we're safe anyway because we've got Psalm 91 working. And now see, the Bible says that Jesus, let's a little, talk a little bit about finished work here. Jesus, um, the Bible says that Jesus is, uh, the, uh yay and amen. And, uh, I've preached the whole message on that, that Jesus is the amen, meaning God's ratifying every provision and every blessing in the Word of God. Isn't that something? And that when we say the name of Jesus, we're actually saying amen to all that God has, all that God promised Abraham. Uh, Abraham's covenant and blessing belongs to us. So when we say amen at the end of our prayer for lunch or whatever, uh, or we say in the name of Jesus, we're saying amen and amen, meaning, uh, it's God's ratification. It's sealed. It's, it's, uh, as they, as they love to argue on Fox News, it's settled law. You know, it's settled law. It's a part of the Constitution or it's a part of, uh, our, our freedoms or our provisions. Amen. Praise God. So we have, um, um uh, everything, like I was talking about, we have Psalm 91, you know, um, automatically. And it's not because we chant it that we have it. We have it because Jesus ratified the entire word. <laughs> and so we don't, we don't not get it because we didn't, we forgot to chant it. I'm going to say something really could could probably come back and hit me in the head uh, from Facebook, but it, people listen. But, you know, this putting the bloodline out and walking around and putting out the bloodline, there is no scripture for that. That is not a New Testament behavior. It's a little bit weird, to be honest, if you really look at the word, amen, or pleading the blood. You don't have to plead the blood. You plead the name. And that brother Hagen was so strong on that. He would, 
try to correct Pentecostal people from doing that. And then, sure enough, the, the word of faith took up the banner and made it a one or two of the popular folks made it like it was written in the in the word, but it's not. We don't have to. We don't have to plead the blood like some kind of a, a, a what do you call ritual. And anything you make into a ritual, you kind of lose the faith out of it. If you're not careful, you can take something that's maybe a good idea and you turn it into weirdo land with that. And and you make it. How many know what I'm talking about? You can make it like so legalistically done that you are in fear if you don't do it. And sometimes it's preached like that, like I'd be afraid to get on my plane and not plead the blood over it. And it's like, we don't have to plead the blood over the plane. We can thank in the name of Jesus that uh, everything that we are in is protected by the finished work of Christ. So we got, if we got busy and got to talking, you know, on a, on a, on a charter or a private plane ride, and we got to busy and got to talking and visiting and forgot to walk around the plane and plead the blood and smear it on the door or whatever. Come on, folks. This is not, uh, this is not the Passover. We're beyond the Passover. Jesus paid it all. We don't have to go through a Passover ritual in order to have the protection of Jesus. So I don't care who's saying it if, you know, their mailing list is bigger than mine. <laughs> Amen. But it doesn't make it the word. And so we just need to be careful that we don't get caught up in some uh, um, dead work. Uh, that Something that may have some truth to it and you turn it into a dead work. Amen. But nowhere in the New Testament are we uh, instructed to plead the blood. We are instructed to use the name of Jesus. It's our power of attorney that we use. And even that, ooh, boy, I'm really going to get in trouble now. Even that, uh, we can have things happen because we say so. Because that's what Jesus said in Mark 11:23. What things whoever you do, uh, what things that you say. In other words, you have what you say. Now, if you want to put the name of Jesus onto it and just give it an extra backing, that's fine. But we're already in Christ. So if we say it, it's the same as Jesus saying it. I've left, be careful for nothing, and I'm over into faith. Be careful of speakers and, and leaders and teachers who try to give you list of stuff to do to make something happen that's already an established provision. And I'm going to tell you that our precious faith movement, we have created a whole army of doers to do people. They'll give you so many things to do. And about the time you think you've got all 19 of them down, they'll add a a new one. Amen. But we don't have to walk around in fear that if we didn't pray or we didn't say or we didn't do that, that nothing's going to happen. Amen. Now I know that we need to pray. Praise God. You see, you know, I, I've been preaching like this for years and there was a rumor going around that I was preaching against intercessory prayer and I wasn't preaching against intercessory prayer. I was preaching against intercessory prayer cult that would rise up in a local church 
They'd give all the prayer people the front row, and they'd take credit for everything that happened because the, the mantra was, if we don't pray, nothing will happen. And so I'd want to challenge that and say, I'll I tell you what, I forbid you to pray for the next week, and let's see if the word still works. So, you know, thank God for the prayer, but also thank God for the authority of the word and the authority of the finished work of Christ. Amen? Well, I guess I've just made some enemies there. But if we're not careful, like I said, we will create all kinds of layers. So I got off on that because of Psalm 91. You know, the people that are almost afraid to travel without quoting it for nine hours. And it's like, no, you can just thank God for it. It works. It works when you thank Him. It works when you don't thank Him. Your salvation is complete. Praise God. Now, the reason that for me, my background, the reason that that's so important to me is because that I grew up in a culture of you could very easily lose your salvation. I mean, the least little infraction and, you know, people are at the altar begging God, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You know what I did Saturday night blah, 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 you know, something like that. And it's scary to think that you could lose your salvation at any minute. And if you uh, miss it and the rapture takes place, they're coming with the guillotine to cut your head off. And I'm telling you, this is what I, I, I was eight years old, petrified of the guillotine. And um, so I kind of like, you know, I kind of like to live blessed assurance, not just sing it. Sing blessed assurance and preach blessed no assurance. Somebody said, well, you don't believe in that eternal security. Well, it beats eternal insecurity. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, please don't attack me with that after the service, but I'm just telling you our salvation, praise God, is secure. And the Bible calls it our eternal salvation, not temporary till the next time you blow it and miss it, have a dirty thought or something. Don't everybody shout at once. You know, I'm actually preaching a pretty good message here. It ain't that bad. So here we have, be careful for nothing. We don't put the G on when we're from the South. Nothing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Now we got two extremes here. Nothing in everything. In everything. So if you're in, in, uh, health problems, while you're in that, there's going to be something for you to do. That's a blessing. If you're in financial distress, if you're in Family disorder and disruption. Whatever, right? Be careful for nothing but in everything. Everything. Every situation. Every day. Every way. Everywhere. (laughs) Everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Meaning that thanksgiving, if you're thanking. My dad's got that little book back there. You know, thank, thank you for the biscuits. And he said, if you're thanking, 
there's one biscuit left on the plate. And he said, if whoever said thank you could get it. In other words, you don't even have it and you're thanking in advance. Thanking God in advance is faith in action. Lord, I thank you my bills are paid. Lord, I thank you everything is settled. Lord, I thank you there's more than enough. Lord, I thank you that my leg is working. I thank you that my eyes are working. I thank you. Well, somebody might say, oh, really? Did you're, you're, being, you're giving thanks? That's usually after the fact. Yes, it is after the fact. After Jesus died on the cross. After He shed His blood. After He was uh, uh, sent to the depths of hell to defeat the devil. After He rose again. After He was seated at the right hand of God. After that, I'm giving thanks because everything else is finished. To tell us die. <laughs> the sign as big as your head out the over the over the bathrooms right there. Praise God. That analogy could go bad right there, but we won't. We. Won't. That is horrible. <laughs> Might have to move the sign now. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it's finished. <laughs> Woo! All right. Prayer. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Giving thanks, and that means that you're, you're calling it done. The work's done. Let your request be made known unto God. Doesn't mean get on the phone with all the church members and tell them, woe is me, poor pitiful me. It says, where, who do we make our request known to? To God. Thanking Him. Praise the Lord. Let's put that up there in the Amplified Classic. Look at that. It gets better. Y'all know I preach on this about four times a year. They say whatever the pastor preaches on a lot, that's what he's struggling with. So here's my struggle. In other words, if he preaches on adultery all the time, it makes you start to raise his questions. What's he thinking about? All right. Do not fret or have anxiety about how many things? Anything. Fret means you're pacing and, you know, wringing, as they say, wringing your hands, you know. You're worried. You can't sleep at night. You're up figuring out stuff, you know, fretting. Any, anybody in here ever tempted to fret? If you play the guitar, this is a tough scripture. Do not fret. All right. About or have any anxiety. Now, Scarlett knows more than me about everything. True. But. She's quoted many times, and I'm going to steal her idea, is that they say that all disease and sickness has its original source of anxiety. 
or stress. So the stress causes, stress means there's too much burden on a system. So your circulatory system can become stressed. Your digestive system can become stressed. Uh, your adrenal system can become stressed. Uh, Nancy's a nurse here. She can tell me if I'm missing this. But uh, it's true, isn't it? So that's really what disease is, is when a system starts to become stressed, it's going to react in a negative way, and you're going to have symptoms, and you're going to start having failures. So a bridge will have a weight um, restriction on it. In, I don't know if you've been on little country bridges or whatever, but they'll tell you uh, how much weight that you can put on that bridge. And if you over, if you overkill it, you, you don't know if the bridge is going to hold you up. Our bodies were designed by God to live in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> not in... Uh, you know, not in some stressful, urban, freak-out system like we live in. We really weren't even designed to live uh, in, 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 in a society, in a system that puts so much stress on us. And so we're going to do it anyway because we're smart. And uh, then you wonder how smart we really are. Y'all getting anything out of this? And so, you know, if you start coming down with symptoms, you know, they'll say, well, Usually, like you, you start getting the, a cold or the flu or some viral thing, it's usually because your immune system has been compromised in some way and there's too much stress on it and it's breaking down. So most disease, uh, I read an article one time in Airplane Magazine back when they used to have those and... Um, before the magazines just became travel logs, they used to actually have articles in them. And so I would read that, something to read. And uh, one thing that I read is that um, oncologists and cancer doctors said that almost without fail, the person who got diagnosed with a cancer issue uh, had had something traumatic happen to them 18 months earlier. And I started, uh, when I was working at healing school at Rama. I started asking our cancer patients, especially that came in, I said, tell me what happened 18 months ago. Without fail, they had some tragedy that happened, something that really shook them to their core. So in other words, genetically, with DNA or whatever, you know, the levers are there. One doctor described it like this, that the levers are there. And they don't necessarily get pulled unless you do something to pull them. And so, you know, hey, the devil gets the blame for sickness and disease. But I'm telling you what, sometimes it doesn't take him a whole lot of effort. We give him the tools to attack us with sometimes. So anyway, you pull those levers with stress and anxiety. And that's why the Bible, you know, all these folks telling you how to eat from the Bible, you know, don't eat, don't eat bacon and don't eat uh, shrimp and uh, they, they have a hard time in Tarpon Springs but uh, but uh, I'll tell you with that um, 
this is, you, you know, whatever. Eat, eat what you want. I don't care. Just don't judge me for bacon. But um, this, for health, this is this is way uh, way more important than figuring out what they ate in Bible days. Thank you for that one. Amen. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Now, if we could just live right there, we would have a way happier life. But in every circumstance, how many? And in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, make a list. Make a list if you need to. And you need to. So there. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Doesn't even say needs. Again, people get religious about that. Well, the Lord will meet your needs, but beyond that, you're on your own. No, it says wants. What things whoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. You can just want something. It doesn't have to be a need. Like one guy said, if I want it, I need it. <laughs> Amen. All right. Do you love that? I just stare at that all day right there. Every circumstance. Definite request. See, that's why the Lord, the Lord, it's hard to get God to work with lazy praying. You know what I mean? Lazy praying, which is like, like, well, Lord, I don't really care whatever you want me to have. Okay, I want you to have a cardboard box to live in. You fine with that? I mean, you know, come on. We, 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 that's ridiculous. It's Calvinistic. It's, it's, and it's, and Calvinism, Calvinism is the, is the epitome of lazy. Because, because, and it also makes you not want to pray because, you know, you figure, well, if it's God's will is set in, in cement and His divine providence is set no matter what I pray, no matter what I do, no matter what I believe, no matter what I claim, God's will is going to be done no matter what, then why bother asking Him about it? Just bump along and see what happens. And, and act like you're happy about it. Good or bad. Well, that is not Bible. That is, an, again, it's almost Christian cult, to be honest. And, uh, you can't, you can't live your life like that. You can't have faith for anything. If you think that God's will is going to override you following the word. Preach, pastor. Come on. Let's get with it. What's wrong with you? All right. First Peter 5, 7. Amen. Praise God. Let's actually back up to... Um, Verse 6, humble yourself, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, 
that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. How much of you care? And that's the sermon title. Casting your care on the Lord. This is something we need to get really good at. Now, the devil will tell you when you start to cast your care that you're being selfish, you're being irresponsible, you're not taking the lead in things or whatever because you're casting your care. That means if I cast it, I don't have it. It's like casting for fishing. You have your rod and reel, unless you're doing fly fishing, and that's like another world. And uh, and Scarlet caught fish fly fishing. I don't even have the patience. I end up wrapping the thing around my head, and I catch myself. And it's all in the wrist and the rhythm and the or whatever. So, uh, but I my, my I know how to use uh, Zebco. I can use Zebco, and I know how to. Hit that button, you know, and you let it go and you, but you cast it out there. You, you let, you have to let go of the line and it'll, it'll fly if you've got a, if you've got a, a sinker on it, you know, it'll, it'll go across the pond or the lake or the river or whatever and, and land out there somewhere far away from you. I think that's what we do with our care sometimes. We act like we're fishing. We throw it out there, but we make sure we hold on to the rod and the reel and, you know, reel it back in. Is the worm still wiggling or have I killed it? Amen? You cast, cast it out there. Or casting stones. You, you are skipping a stone across a pond. You, you have to let go of that thing and let it go. And, and once you let go of it, you're not going to see that rock anymore. It's gone. And that's how we have to cast our care on the Lord. That means deliberately slinging it. Not just pushing it over here on that side of the table. Getting it off the table. Now, Brother Hagen, when he would preach on this, and you know, he preached on this a lot. He must have had to cast his care a lot. He would say that cares are like flypaper. Anybody here ever seen flypaper or at least maybe in a cartoon or something? You, maybe you never dealt with it personally. Shell no pest strips. People hung those in their kitchen to, in South Georgia to catch the flies so they don't go in the fried chicken. Or whatever else we're frying. Uh, and so... The fly, fly would, a fly or if you, if you've had a pest control company come in your home, they'll put, if you have problems with spiders or whatever, they'll put these sticky papers down underneath the sink and you, you go back there in a few days and sure enough, you've caught you some spiders. They can't get unstuck once they're on there. But the problem with fly paper or sticky paper like that is you get it on this hand. And you take this hand to get it off, and now it's stuck on this hand. And then you try to get it off, it's back on the original hand, and you just almost lose your mind trying to get rid of it. 
So then you, you, you put it on the floor and put your foot on it. Now it's stuck to your foot. You can't hardly get rid of it. That's the way our cares are. They stick to us like flypaper. They, 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 they want to stay. And you think you've had a big time of prayer and casting the care of it on the Lord and, and then it pops up again and you keep dealing with it. I'm going to tell you something about walking in faith and living by faith, which I have done my entire adult life, is that sometimes there's issues that once you've prayed about it and you've claimed it by faith, you need to stop praying about it. But that particular issue, other than thanking God that he heard you when you prayed. Because that's what Jesus did with uh, raising Lazarus. He said, I thank you that you hear me always when I pray. And uh, Brother Hagen talked about his daughter, Pat, had a growth that came up on her, not on her eyeball, but in the eye area, like on, on the edge. And he said, that Aretha had said something to him, said, this child's got a, little growth on her, you know, on her, on her eye there. And, uh, so they took her to the doctor and it was going to be a big deal. They said, this is something that's going to get bigger and showed them pictures of folks in the South Sea Islands that, you know, had these things unattended to and they'd get as big as a gourd on your face, kind of like a big tumor, but it wasn't malignant, but it was still concerning and could, could, uh, you know, just be ugly and pull, pull the face down. And the Hagans decided they were going to believe God, uh, because it was, it was quite a surgery and it was long and drawn out and it could grow back and you could fight it the rest of your life. And he said, we need to take care of this thing right here and now. So they're in the car and they prayed. They, la- they laid hands on her. They prayed the prayer of faith, said, we curse it in Jesus name. Well, he says she's in the back. Her and Ken Jr. is in the back seat of the car and he's driving. And he's so tempted to look in the mirror to see how that, what that thing's doing, you know. And he said he had to just fight everything within him not to just want to stare at it. We want to stare at our problems. As if staring at them is going to make them go away. Now look, it's already causing anxiety. Now we're going to stare at it longer. Let's just have more anxiety. How about another scoop of that? It was so good the first time. Let's add to it till we have nervous breakdown. Let's go all the way to that. Let's go till we freak out. <laughs> and add fear to it. How about a nice layer of fear on top of, <laughs> on top of the anxiety? The devil is, is professional at showing you what could go wrong and how bad this could get. Let's put that up in the Amplified there. Casting all your care. Look at this one. Casting the whole of your care. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. I don't even know anybody that 
has really done this. But, I mean, and it's, and stick with it. But we're going to keep preaching it till we get it. Amen? This is where I want to live. How about you? That really, when things are presented to us, that our number one thing is to say is, so what? Well, here's a, here's a nasty letter. Well, so what? Well, here's, here's a doctor's report that looks really evil. So what? Now, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I'm not saying don't take your kid to the doctor. Come on. You know, we're not weird. This is not a cult. This is not, you know, we're not all walking around in, you know, light blue outfits with a funny looking hat on. Eating, what is it Norval used to say, eating, uh, drinking branch water and eating wild onions. All right. (laughs) All your worries, all your concerns, all, how many? All your anxieties. If you have to, make a list of what those are. What are you worried about? What would make you worry less? Write them down. Take them and wad them up and throw them in the fire or something. Praise God. Say, well, that's irresponsible. No, it's not because Jesus fixed it. I can't get off of this. I'm standing here. If you need to go home, I'm going to be here three hours from now. With this over my head, right here, right there. Because that will change your life. You want, you want a secret to help? If you turn on Fox News, you know, every commercial. What is it? Is everybody in Florida like sick and dying? They, all the, all the commercials are pills to take and supplements. So it's like, you want something better than, what, what's the fruits and vegetable one? That they always have that one on, you know, diet of life or I don't know, something. Uh, balance of nature. Here's balance of nature right here. Casting the whole of your care on him. That'll do more for your health than any supplement, than any green powder. Scarlet gives me this green green slime to drink. Every day. I swear it looks like something they could have uh, sucked up out of the pond behind the house. It's got sludge in the bottom. And it's this dark green, nasty color. And it tastes, I won't tell you what it tastes like. It tastes like something you're not supposed to say. But... I'm doing it for my health, praise the Lord. Now, cat, but this is better than green sludge. <laughs> this is better than balance of nature. Amen. 
casting the whole of your care on Him. This is better than going on the Mediterranean diet or the Jewish diet or whatever diet. I've been on every diet they made. I should have a diet consulting firm. Because I can tell you, the only diet that works for me is seafood diet. I see food and eat it and I'm gaining weight. It works, I'm telling you. People say, well, is your diet working? Oh, yeah, that's the problem. Feeding the fatted calf. It absolutely works like a charm. So ridiculous. All right. All your anxieties. I just love the word all. People say, you know, you can tell when somebody's anxiety ridden. They're a little snippy and snappy and, you know, not themselves. Is something bugging you? Yeah. Well, I'm worried about the, the power bill. I'm worried about, right? I'm worried about the, house payment. I'm worried about whatever I'm worried about. And it's like, oh, well, you need to cast all your anxiety on him. It doesn't mean you don't take responsibility. It doesn't mean you don't follow up and do things. But praise God, in our heart and our soul and our mind and our spirit, we need to live here. Praise God. Brother Hagen. Oh, yeah, didn't he have the best stories about about living and walking in this? I wish I could take credit for this sermon, but it's really a Kenneth Hagin sermon because he preached it all the time. But he talked about believing God for finances and he'd be in the car and the wheels of the car would start singing quartet, you know, start off of the lead singer and then alto and then tenor and the, finally the back wheel on the right and it turns into bass. And they're singing four-part harmony. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? 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 And he'd shout out, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to. It's the grapes of wrath, you know, Oklahoma. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to act like the Bible is so. I'm going to believe God. He says, well, what if it doesn't? Then, the, then they start singing the second verse. Well, what if it doesn't come in? Well, what, if it, what if you pray and it doesn't happen? What, if it, what are you going to do then? And then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He said one time he stopped the car and got out and shouted at the whole vehicle. <laughs> so, quick little story here. Uh, he's talking about just refusing to get get involved with anxiety and stress. He said he was at had his little church he's pastoring. They had a little little board and similarly God church, and they're having a board meeting about something. And some of the men got into arguments with each other. You know, they started just shouting at each other. And uh, Brother Hagen and Aretha and the kids were there in the meeting. As you know. They had to be there for this little meeting impromptu after the service. And I don't know what they're fighting about. I'll tell you something about pastoring churches. Uh, folks who get into it over the most minute things, like we've often said, if you were going to build a new building and you're going to decide what goes on the back wall behind the baptistry, uh, we have two choices, a cross 
and a Holy Spirit dove. Well, if you're not careful, if you, if you take it to a vote or something, the dove people will get in a war with the cross people. So it would be like Mount Perrin and like our church here. You know, Shannon solved our problem by designing the, the um, logo. We've got a cross and a dove so everybody can be happy. Which represents salvation and the Holy Spirit. See, but we got both of them. We've even got sunshine rays behind that in case the sunshine people start up. This is a three-party system here. <laughs> so at Mount Perrin, when they built the, the church, the original building, which is now gone, and they've got a bigger one on the same site. In Atlanta, they, I guess that's what that was their idea to get somebody to design the cross with the, the dove so that you end the argument. Praise the Lord. But anyway, these board members, they're getting into some argument. Brother Hagen's not saying anything. He's just sitting there literally twiddling his thumbs, which is what he would do. And he said, uh, one of them looked up and said, well, Pastor Hagen, you haven't even said anything about it. He said, I don't care what y'all do. I don't, I don't even care what you do. Just do what you want. And, uh, y'all can't agree. I don't even care about that. I don't care. And they said, well, we don't even think you would care if the church burnt to the ground. He says, well, why would I care then? It'd be too late. Do we just have the Lord to just have to give us a better one? A bigger, nicer building. And he said, they said, well, I guess that's the point. So he said they got, got in the car, drove home, awfully quiet. Finally got to the front porch. He's jiggling the key to try to get the door open. And Aretha, his wife said, I think that board member had a point about you. Said what? That you just wouldn't even care if the church burnt to the ground. She says, I don't think you'd care if me and the kids dropped dead right now on the porch. He says, that's right, I wouldn't care. Why would I care then? He says, it'd be too late. And he said it was the wrong answer. <laughs> he said it was a cold night in the bedroom that night. <laughs> Terribly cold. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> That's a little harsh, but there's a truth there, isn't it? There's a truth there. You know, this bulletin cover is so perfect because it's got that scripture, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you, First Peter 5, 7. You know, this would be good for you just to frame, <laughs> put, put as a reminder, amen, that that's what we're supposed to do with our care. You can handle a lot in this life and a lot of challenges and problems if you learn to do that. If you can't do that, you, you need to back off because it'll eat you up. Uh, one more little quick story. Pat Harrison, who was, we've had here for meetings, Kenneth Hagan's daughter, uh, I, and that's in my book on peace. Um, Deep settled peace. But her businesses were under attack. She had five businesses, I think she said, 
five separate, you know, tax ID number businesses that she was managing. Her, her, her husband had, was either ill or had passed away by then. And she's trying to manage it. And the bank's going crazy. The attorneys are going crazy and everybody's going crazy. The CPAs. So you got bankers, CPAs and attorneys in this meeting in Tulsa. And she said she's literally over here filing her nails. Now, I didn't hear this directly from Pat, but I confirmed it with her. The story was correct. The guy that was the manager of, of Harrison House Publishing, he was the one that told me the story. He said, let me tell you something about Pat Harrison. He said, she's a true woman of faith. And he said, now she's sitting there, and there's millions of dollars at stake here. Millions of dollars of, of, of liability and, and value and all those things together balance sheets and the bank's freaking out because it thinks it's not going to get paid. They always think they're not going to get paid. And then the, you know, the attorneys are screaming and the CPAs and the business people and everybody's pounding and screaming. And, uh, she's over here filing her nails, kind of humming. <laughs> and he said that one of the, one of the bankers said, Mrs. Harrison, you're not taking this meeting seriously. He said, you, what are you sitting here filing your nails? And this is a serious meeting. She goes, eh, I figure whatever y'all decide you're going to do anyway, just leave me, just let me know what I, what you want me to do. And that's what I'll do. And she said, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the care of this thing. It'll kill her. It would have killed her. And so the Lord worked it out and they ended up finding out somebody was crooked and trying to steal and the Lord revealed a lot of things. Didn't she say that? And, and, uh, and, and, and she came out a, a, a way ahead of where she went into that meeting and sent the other folks that were causing the trouble packing in shame and embarrassment. So praise God, you know, there's a force of power is what I'm trying to say. There's there's a force of power of 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 strength in practicing this. And if you can, if we can maintain this, the devil is defeated before he starts. But if he can get us up, pacing the floor. If you're going to get up and pace the floor, at least quote the word while you're doing it. Don't get up and wring your hands and worry, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like that skit, what's the matter, Ma? What's the matter, Pa? Can't pay the mortgage. Can't do something on the the mortgage on the cow. They had their cow mortgage. Worried about the mortgage on the cow, you know. All right, praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, that the word is working. It's working mightily in us. We thank you, Lord, that we cast all of our care, all of our concerns, all of our worries on you. Because you're built to take it and we're not. And we acknowledge that. And we thank you, Lord, for that. 
And so right now in this service, you know, whether you're watching on the Internet or you're here in the sanctuary, do that. Just cast your care right now on the Lord. If something you've been concerned about, worried about, scared of, afraid of, cast it on the Lord. Just throw it at, throw it at Him. Throw it at His feet. Amen. And uh, release it. Amen. In Jesus' name. And uh, you'll start seeing this situation will turn quicker, uh, sooner than later, as we say. Amen. Scarlett, you got something? You got something. Mm. For you see, Satan is the liar and the father of all lies. And most of what he throws at you is deception and false anyway. So learn to cast all of your anxieties, all of your care, all of your worries, all of the things that you're afraid of, cast it over on me, saith the Lord. For I have already made a way of escape, saith the Lord. En bolsevica, en oh, mahahaha, su poco le ficha, iliande o popo corafrasha bahata. For every day is the day of salvation, and every day is the day of victory. And so, in heaven, we don't have panic. In heaven, we don't have frantic. In heaven, we don't have fear and worry. But we just rejoice in the sunshine of God's glory and grace, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You want to pray the healing prayer today? Sure. For those watching on high internet people. Amen. And if you're here too and you need a prayer for healing, just receive it today. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you're our healer. We thank you you're the great physician that you know more about us than anyone on the earth and even that we know about ourselves. And we ask your mighty hand now to touch each one listening on live stream, anyone here in the sanctuary that's suffering from any kind of disease, any kind of uh, ill illness, any kind of sickness, pain, um, anything that is in disorder. We call it now back into order in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for relief of symptoms of all kinds right now Amen. in the name of Jesus Amen. for your miraculous touch, your healing power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And Father, those that have material financial needs, we thank you for showing yourself strong yes. this week yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us online. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday night. You may be dismissed. God bless you. Have a great day. Praise the Lord.